What's going on, everybody? My name is Isaac Mihangos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. And this is the seventh time I'm recording this podcast because Anchor keeps on crashing. So if I sound a little frustrated, it's because the app keeps on crashing in the background. And it's a long-form podcast where I'm trying to talk about the freaking Canon EOS R, which is being announced tomorrow. So I'm just trying to keep this short and brief because it keeps on crashing and it's just not cool. So sorry about that, Um, but let's talk Canon EOS R, really big day tomorrow. It's going to be the differentiating factor, whether, you know, the Canon gang stays together. Is it going to be one direction or is it going to be two directions? Because people are going to be jumping ship to Sony, especially when it comes to the video. Canon has announced, you know, has had some setbacks, but based on the leaks, you know, we talked about the leaks before these leaks. So it's like leaks on leaks on leaks, like faucet going on or something. But let's talk about it. Let's start off with lenses, adapter, then the specs on this bad boy. First and foremost, let's talk about the lenses, which is the 24 to 105 uh, f4L, the 28 to 70 f2L, the 50 millimeter f1.2L, and the 35 millimeter f1.MIS. And these are all brand new RF lenses, which means a lot of new things. You know, are, is this new mount going to be better at detecting faces? Is it going to be? Is it going to allow for more accuracy? Is it going to allow for you know eye detection? Maybe is it going to support that? And you know, brand new stuff. And when not Canon, you know, they switched to mounts a while back, and this brand new RF lens these lenses are they going to introduce new stuff is it better better designed is it going to be more accurate you know all these questions come to mind but let's start off with the 24 to 70 24 to 105 f4 and in my opinion i've always thought that the 24 to 105 was a cheap and easy cop out for you know companies to keep us kind of keep us at bay you know i've owned the 24 to 105 f4 and it's a, to be honest a very disappointing lens however if you're on a budget and you need those to cover those ranges then you know by all means get it and you know let's hope that they did with what nikon did which make it into a bundle and you know it's it'll be kind of inexpensive because i heard like you save yourself like 600 dollars if you've got the nikon kit so canon maybe it's doing that it's maybe selling at a half price with the kit they kind of have to i feel like they kind of have to do that because nikon is doing that and 24 to 105 Maybe I just didn't like it because I don't like F4s, and that might be the problem. But anyways, uh, 24 to 105 kit is it going to be great? I hope it is. And kind of moving on, 28 to 70. If you didn't know, the 28 to 70 used to be the standard in terms of ranges. You know, before the infamous 24 to 70, the Mark One, the standard used to be 28 to 70, and you have to think, you know. Times are times have changed. People are used to 24 to 70, and kind of comparing uh, the 24 24 to 105 and the 24 to 105 EF, the RF looks way smaller. If you look at the diagram um, on it, it looks a lot smaller, and that's kind of what you want with these mirrorless systems: small, compact. Maybe that's why they gave us a 28 to 70. And I feel like they got it half right. Why do I say half right? It's because 
you know, I've been asking for a 24 to 70 f 1.8 for a really long time, but they never gave it to us. So this is kind of like the closest they gave it to us. But also, you know, there's no IS on this, and I feel like a lot of people might be disappointed. I personally don't, the specs didn't uh, initiate or they didn't indicate if they were gonna bring IS into this mirrorless system, which I hope they do, and body stabilization would be great. But, you know, I feel like that's one of the things that is gonna be missing. But this could be your all around lens when the, when the reviews come out, see how sharp it is, see how great um, in terms of performance it is, which I hope it is with this new mount. Uh, I hope that this will be the all around lens. You know, sell that 24 to 105, make a little bit of cash, you know, doing whatever you do, and then buy this lens. If the reviews are great, it'll cover it out. Um, now let's move on to the 50 millimeter F1.2 L. And, you know, Canon has always had the ability to go for those F1.2s, the most famous one, the Canon 85 1.2. It's, it's a humongous lens, lets in a lot of light, but also shallow depth of field, so it's very difficult to get that, that in focus, and it's a sluggish lens. So this new lens, obviously up to date, brand new glass, brand new optics, and I'm just wondering, are they gonna claim what Nikon claimed as well, that their lenses are gonna be sharpest wide open? Is it gonna be sharpest of 1.2? Because if it is, and all these lenses are sharpest wide open, the 28 to 70 is looking like an even better deal. The 50 millimeter, if it's sharpest at f1.2, looking like a great deal. But are people gonna are are they gonna claim that? And is it gonna be true? Are they just gonna claim that because Nikon claimed it? That's a big statement, you know. I want all my sharp lenses to be sharp, but then again, I'm kind of a dick, so like, I kind of want stuff to to always be at top performance, the best of the best, with honor, sir, and remind you of anybody. Um, but are they gonna claim that? But we also have to go into the discussion of, do we need such a wide open lens? Like, do we always need f1.2, f0.95, or do or we just, you know, pushing the boundaries for a reason, or just to claim these large f-stops? You know, it's, it's just like an ongoing discussion. I don't personally need that we need f1.2, getting such amazing sensors but then there's a new level of engineering a brand new design better glass coating all this new stuff that comes with bringing on uh these better lenses over time so let me know what you think tweet at me you know let's have this discussion do you really think that we need wider open lenses and finally the 35 millimeter f 1.8 uh, IS, uh, you know, I love 35 millimeters, great focal length, and it's, you know, like the standard. I always brag about 35, you could get one one portrait lens, it'd be 35, but F1.8, IS, you know, IS on, on such a great focal length. I don't know, you know, I think this will be great, especially for montages, getting that shallow depth of field, but you, you know, I'm saying a lot of buts because that's all we're gonna see tomorrow. Like, but, 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 you know, you're kind of giving up this compromise um, when it comes to these mirrorless systems and this lens is, I think this is gonna be a really great sweet spot to start off with. And I'm just wondering, 
you know, kind of, I kind of want to ask you all too, are you willing to give up, would you rather have, are you willing to give up F1.4 for IS and half F1.8 or would you rather have F1.4 and no IS because they kind of both have their advantages. Uh, I kind of want to go with the IS, you know, do I always need a 1.4? Kind of not really. I like having 1.4, but you know, if it's going to be sharper, if it's not going to be sharp, then what's the point, right? Uh, I'm really excited to see the performance on that, though. Now, you know, we, we're having a discussion about lenses. Then we got to talk about lens adapters, kind of like the dongles of cameras. And there's a new mount, which is really great. Canon, just like Nikon, is going to bring out their own adapter, which is great because you're going to have a lot of lenses, you know, years and years of lenses already built up. And that's the advantage that these companies have, you know, like Nikon, Pentax, um, Nikon, Canon, you know, they all have years and years of lenses and to bring them out and just to have that, you know, this market of, you know, used stuff, it's really great for us, the consumer, but also the companies because they don't have to focus so much energy on other useless stuff like a 24 to 105. But also, see another but, <laughs> can someone count the, t- the amount of time to say but in this podcast? Tweet at me. Um, yeah, like the adapter, I hope that it works really well. Uh, I only know EF EF now because I feel like I like can put it on my camera. But what's before that? What was before that? Let me know. Imagine someone just puts adapters on top of adapters. That's that's kind of crazy. But the question to me, oh my god, but again, to me, the next question is, will this work with third-party lenses? And if it is, that's awesome because there's so many Sigma. There's Sigma Tamron. I'm a huge fan of the Sigmas because of the colors. And we kind of have to ask that. Okay, now we kind of have to ask that. Like, are we going to ask about, you know, is Sigma going to start making adapters for the for this RF mount? How long is it going to take? I feel like it would take a few years, you know. Got to backwards engineer it, reverse engineer it. And then they're going to give us a great product, I feel. But if it is, that's awesome. You know, less strain on these companies to bring out different millimeters, different focal lengths. And Sigma has already done it with the Sony, which I'm kind of not a fan of. It just looks like an extra piece of girth on there. But finally, let's talk about the system. The Canon EOS R in all its glory. Um, First and foremost, we're going to read off these beautiful specs which seem pretty prominent is off petapixel quote the canon EOS r will reportedly contain a 30 megapixel full frame cmos sensor with dual pixel af featuring including a large af coverage 100 vertical 88 horizontal ev negative six low light autofocus 4k video recording wi-fi bluetooth a mic jack and a headphone jack awesome for monitoring dust proof and drip proof magnesium body and the use of lp an LPE6N battery, end quote. And an articulating screen. And also, and I feel like this is going to become the trend now, it will have a display on the top, which is really awesome because if you look at the LCDs from the 6D and the Mark, and the 5D Mark IV, the top LCD has never been very bright. Um, and that's not very good when you're in like harsh light. It's kind of hard to see it. So... I feel like there's going to be like a pretty good LCD panel on top of it or something just much brighter than what they were kind of giving us beforehand. So 
that's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. It looks a lot slicker. Uh, it feels like a little classic-y, you know? Kind of looking at the pictures right here. It looks a little classic-y. Not too flimsy. The battery grip, you know, grip is going to be another thing. I always love the Canon grip. That, that's kind of one of the biggest reasons I switched to Canon. The grip, it just felt great in the hands. And looking at the size comparison, it looks way smaller than the Mark IV. The 24 to 105, it just, like the size, that's what, that's what you want now. You want smaller stuff, especially when it comes to the cameras. But the biggest thing that they brought to this, you know, especially as someone that, you know, as a solo, one, one, one type of guy, one guy crew, when it comes to my video productions, that articulating screen. They listen to us. None of that M50, I can't put a tripod at the bottom of this sort of screen. Unless you make a backwards tripod. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's upside down, like an upside down tripod. Um, but you you have to think about it in terms of that. Like I feel like they're finally listening to the consumer. The last thing I want to talk about, and this is probably the most important. You know, it's great that they gave us Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, but I still really like an articulating screen because I don't want to fiddle around with something else. I don't really like the Canon EOS app. Like it's... To me, it's really buggy and flimsy and, I don't know, it's a very practical. You know, I'd rather just have it pre-built in. Also, okay, there's, there's two major things. Uh, you know, Canon Log. You know, they pulled this one right from under us when it came to the Mark IV. You have to buy Canon C-Log. What? No. This will be another big thing. Are they going to give us Canon C-Log for free? Pre, pre-installed, you know... You know, Sony gives us so many great picture profiles. See, Sony log, is that right? I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just rambling. I'm just kind of on a time crunch right now. Are they going to give us C-Log for free? And if they're not, none of the, I don't want any of this. You have to pay extra because it's a hardware thing. You know, Canon, you know way ahead that people were annoyed of having to buy C-Log. So give us C-Log. Don't, don't dip and finally, the most important thing, 4K. This is going to be the biggest factor. Sony made it specific that the Sony a7R 3 is video-centric, you know. Picture quality, I think Canon, Nikon, they got it nailed down. They're great. Sony doesn't have that so much. So take that to your advantage. Nikon, Canon, you, you have it right there. But Canon, if you... Can I'm saying I'm spaying this out of love. You know I love you. You you've given me so many great advantages. You you know you push my the limitation of my imagination. You push it to its boundaries. Don't don't give us this crop factor. This this is gonna be it. If you give us that crop factor, like you did in the Mark IV, and you, like you stripped away that 4K because you're afraid that people are not or people are you're you're like afraid of people. You know, not buying the Mark the 1DX Mark II. You're trying to protect your precious 1DX Mark II. That's not going to flip with us anymore. That's not going to go along with the flow. You have to let go of that ego. You're going to have to say, like, we're going to give you full frame. No more crops. No more crop on top of crops. You're going to have to give us a real deal. And that's going to be the biggest factor. And that's it. Like, give it to us like we... like we've demanded for so long you know no more crop that's the biggest thing c-log crop factor we've been demanding it for a while it's the standard 
Also, 120 frames per second. What the heck? Yeah, 120 frames per second. 1080. Stop protecting that 1DX, man. You know how many consumers can't afford the 1DX? That's pro-level status right there at that point. Prosumers, I don't think prosumers even go for that 1DX that often. But stop protecting that 1DX. That's the biggest thing. Tomorrow will be the day that people will be like, I don't want to be with Canon anymore. Um, but that's it, you know. That's kind of my ramble. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing what Canon has to do. And I can't afford this camera. So I guess I'll read the articles for you all. I'll get back to you with my opinions. Uh, with my opinions. And how these lenses, how these adapters are going to work. Hopefully, uh, tune in tomorrow. And I'll talk about it. But I'm probably not going to buy this. It's also a first-gen product. And uh, it's probably going to have a lot of bugs. So if you have it, let me know. Let me know what you like about it. What are you looking forward to in it? Tweet at me. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I really had to talk about. Thank God this podcast did not crash. Finally, after seven tries. Or six. You know, it's, it's been a long time. So let me know. Canon, I am rooting for you. This is some tough love. Give us that full frame. Give us that awesome stuff. Stop protecting your precious 1DX. Because we all just want smaller stuff to carry around. If you want the prosumers. And it better be at a good price. Sorry. They're just saying. Like, $1,900, you The standard has been set by the king. Sony. And Canon, I'm just asking you right now. From friend to friend. Are you going to go out there and take that crown back? Or... Are you going to be a king without a crown? So, that's it. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Mihangos, and I'll catch you in the next one.